Wow. He is our God. The great I am. Aren't you glad to be here this morning? Man, it can rain all it want to outside. The S-O-N is illuminating up in here. Sometimes the S-O-N can't do what the S-O-N can do for you. And whether the weather continues to rain, it's sunny in here. And I'm so glad that you are here this morning. Trying to keep my composure. That's some singing there this morning. That's some singing. We have a number of visitors with us this morning. And I want to first and foremost say I'm honored, we are honored, the congregation here at the Church of Christ in Locust Grove. Amen. We thank you for being here. You could have chosen so many other places to go and worship this morning. But you chose to come and be a part of this audience this morning. Some may have asked you a while back to mark your calendar, come out this Sunday, and we are honored that you kept your word and that you saw the importance of coming out to the house of God this morning to honor not just us, most importantly, to honor God and to hear a lesson from His Word. His Word. I want to emphasize that. His Word. Because it's not about the preacher. It's about God. And we come to worship Him. Because this is His day. Not just His hour. His day. And we are hoping and praying that something can be shared from His Word. To enlighten you. To empower you. To lead you from darkness into the glorious light. And even for some of us who are members of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, that it may even encourage you to live a more committed and faithful life. I believe the word of God offers something for everybody. But I believe you need to come with an honest heart so that you can receive what it is God would love for you to get from his word. We had a visitor to show up this morning. Now, I talked to him last night. He was in Los Angeles. And then he popped up at our house this morning. I said, boy, times have changed. When I was young and single, I drove all over the country in an old Ford. Boy, it must be nice to jump on a plane and fly across the country. But I ain't mad at it. Just remember your old man and your mom. When we get old. But it's good to have my son here. Always good to see him. Always ask that you keep him in prayer. In his endeavors while he's out in Oregon. Uh, working out there at the Oregon State University. And again to our guests. Thank you for being here. We're going, I'm going to make a statement and 
you may not be accustomed to this at a place of worship, but here at the Church of Christ in Locust Grove, we encourage questions. We encourage questions about what we teach. And we encourage you to write down your questions or, and to make sure that you don't forget them. Because sometime during the course of the service, you know, you may have a question pop in your mind and you say, I'm going to ask them later and then later you forget. I, I don't believe it so much you forget. I believe the devil don't want you to ask. Because he knows the more you ask, the more truth you're going to find out. But I encourage you to write down any question that might pop up in your mind during the course of my lesson, during the course of the worship. Maybe, why do they do this? Or why do we do this? And why did he say this? We encourage you to ask questions. Because you know what? The most important thing you have rides on your questions. Your soul. Your soul. And you need to be sure about where your soul is going to spend eternity. Amen. You need to be sure. You don't need to just take what some man throw at you or, or tell you, don't you read, I'll read for you, or don't believe this. You need to make sure you know for sure about your soul. Is that all right? Amen. So write down your questions. And after service, you can't come up and ask me questions. Or some of the other brothers capable of answering your question. I, I, I'm not going to lose no anointing. I'm not going to become offended if you ask what we believe and what we teach. People ask Jesus questions. Why can't you ask the preacher? You're supposed to be preaching what Jesus left. Right? Well, that shouldn't be no issue about a question, right? The only time you're going to find there's going to be a problem about questioning the preacher about what he's teaching is going to be when he leaves the oracles of God. Because once you depart from the oracles of God, from the doctrine that is found in this book, you can't prove it by this book. That's why this morning our subject is entitled, Can You Recommend Your Religion? Can you recommend your religion? We recommend practically everything to those we meet from day to day if we think it is worth recommending. Everybody got a recommendation about something. You know, with the pollen being out and you hear everybody talk about, well, try this, try this, try this, try this, right? We should be able to recommend our religion. Everybody always said, I want to go to heaven, right? Well, you just don't happen to go to heaven. You have to find out what you must do to get there. And we should, we should be able to recommend our religion because our soul is so important to us and we don't want to miss out on the opportunity of going to heaven. Unfortunately, some religions are not worth recommending because they are vain, shallow, empty, inadequate. Is there a possibility that maybe your religion may be in one of these categories? Not worth mentioning. Jesus said on one occasion, talking to the Jews, 
he was going back and forth. I believe it's Matthew 15, if I'm not mistaken. And he got to the point, he told his disciples, leave them alone. Just leave them alone. They're not listening. Let the blind be leaders of the blind. One occasion, he said, in vain they do worship me. How is that? Teaching for doctrine, the commandments of men. In other words, there is such a thing as vain religion. When you go outside of the scriptures, you have departed from the truth. Whatever it is God would have us to know and do concerning worshiping Him, we find in His Word. We don't need to go beyond. So is there a possibility that maybe your religion or your understanding about worshiping God may be in one of these categories not worth mentioning? The reality is we daily recommend or renounce our religion through our actions and through our speech. The number one question concerning this topic should be, is my religion according to the Bible? Is my religion, are the things that I believe that I'm entrusting that when I close my eyes in death, is it going to assure me salvation? Is it going to assure me salvation? Is it going to take me to heaven? And not cause me to end up in eternal damnation. Are the things that you believe today offering you that assurance? Or do you believe God is just going to be the type of God to just say, well, uh, forget all the stuff, just come on in. I need for you to keep something in the back of your mind while we go through this lesson. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. God gave something. He gave his best, his only begotten son. And in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, Jesus declares, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. All power. God has given all power Unto Jesus, that son he gave. And God charges that we should hear him. We should listen to him. This is my beloved son in whom I am. Well, please, hear ye him. Don't allow anything to distort that. Keep that in the back of your mind while we're going through this lesson. Jesus has all power. Even the Father, God said... Hear ye him. So, the number one question concerning this topic should be, is my religion according to the Bible, and is it approved by God? There are a lot of things people do in the name of religion today. But, can you prove it? 1 Thessalonians 5.21, prove all things, hold fast, that which is good. On your job, there is a manual called Ascendant Operational Procedures, Right? There is a, a manual that set up and outlines your scope, how far you can go, what you can do as an employee within that corporation or business. Why is that necessary? So that you don't just do any and everything on the job. 
a certain point you can go, there are certain limits to what you can do on that job. There's an operating manual you go by. Am I right, Rich? We have an operating manual. The Word of God. And it outlines and teaches us, instructs us how far we can go in religion. Amen, somebody. Man. Thought some people love God here this morning. We can only go as far as the operating manual allow us to go. First Thessalonians 5:21 said, "In everything that you believe concerning God, and when you worship and everything, you need to be able to prove it. Amen. You need to be able to prove it. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. If it's true, if it's according to the Word of God, you need to hold on to it." Don't let it go. But some men would have you to think that's not important. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Paul gives the charge. He says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Unto God. That's important. Because it is God you're going to stand in judgment before. So you need to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. What is truth? Jesus answered in John 17, thy word is truth. So what you're rightly dividing is what God has given. Why is that so important that you rightly divide it? Because some things you can take literally, some things you can't. You have to know how to rightly divide so that you don't get the wrong understanding. Precept upon precept. You just can't take everything literally. Perfect example. Jesus charged his disciple one time. You know what? You could go out. You could drink poison. You could be big by saying, ain't that going to happen to you? Try it today. <laughs> Try it. Now, they, they had something we don't have today. Amen. So you have to be able to rightly divide the word of truth so that you don't be bamboozled and made merchandise of. You with me so far? All right. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. I, I, I would love to think that all of us consider ourselves religious people here this morning. I, I, I would like to believe all of us consider ourselves religious people. Well, do all of us examine ourselves on a regular basis to see if we are in the faith? Not a faith. The Bible said there's only one faith, Ephesians 4. There's only one faith. And that is the faith that has been given unto us that came by way of truth through the word of God. It's only one faith. It doesn't say examine yourself whether you be in a faith. People go around talking about what faith are you. Well, the Bible mentions only one faith. Well, if there's only one, how many others can there be? Know ye 
not that your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be what? Reprobates. Lest you deny. Are we doing these things? When you think about your religion, what do you compare it to? What you think? Or do you go to the Word of God to make sure it measures up to what the Word of God says? See, there's a way, and we're going to touch on that. I believe that's uh, Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. You can't always trust what you think. That's why you need to go to the Bible to see what the Word of God says. We can look at a situation and come to the wrong conclusion. I love, I love these commercials sometimes. They, they come on and, and they're advertising. Well, no. What show is that? Little, little Hot Shots or something? A little child or come out there and you're saying, what are they going to do? And this little young girl has a voice that can shake the state. And you're saying to yourself, I never would have imagined that little girl having a voice like that. Well, see, we can assume wrong. And to be honest, we assume incorrectly on a lot of things. But when it comes to your soul, you don't need to be assuming. You need to be going to the Word of God to see what it teaches. Because your soul is important. And you're going to spend eternity somewhere. Are we doing these things? Followers of a Bible religion are able to prove by the Bible. Somebody will say amen to that. We, we carry, well, we used to carry Bibles. Now we carry phones. Well, I got a Bible in it, yeah, but most of you shopping instead of studying the Bible. But anyway, that's another lesson. Followers of a Bible religion are able to prove by the Bible. In other words, if I say we do this in our worship, I should be able to go to the Bible and say this is where it's authorized to do this. If, if we have praise dancers up in the service, floating around, dancing, prancing around everything, I should be able to find something in the New Testament about praise dancing. Amen. Is that an understatement? If a woman get up in the pulpit and start preaching, I should be able to see the authorization given to a woman to preach. I'm just talking Bible. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't believe you should argue about the Bible. No, nobody's arguing about the Bible. Just because you ask questions doesn't mean it's an argument. How do you learn to perfect things on your job? How do you learn to perfect or enhance your performance on your job? You ask questions, don't you? No, you argue with them, right? You, you argue with them, right? Because you don't know this, you go arguing because you don't know. Folks, to ask questions about the Bible is not an argument. Amen. 
You're seeking knowledge. You're seeking understanding. And all you're getting, get an understanding. Amen. Proverbs 1 and 7 said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How are you going to learn if you don't ask? It's there to be understood. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and all readiness of mind. It wasn't argumented it. And searched the scripture daily whether those things were so. The apostles went around preaching and teaching and, 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 and serving. But yet, even though they were apostles, these people still went back and checked. Amen. You don't read about the apostles getting up and saying, who are you to question me? Who are you to check up on me? No, you need to examine it. You need to check it out. Because whether you believe it or not, there are some deceivers out here in this world. Amen. And they will deceive you even in the name of religion. Amen. That's why so many people... I meet, you met some who are turned off about religion. Mm -hmm. Maybe you tried to invite some and they just said, I, I just don't want no part of no church, no religion. Right. I'm turned off about it. I don't want to be bothered. People have been hurt. Amen. People have been taken advantage of. All because somebody got up there and wanted to make merchandise of people and they saw the opportunity to take advantage of somebody who trusted in the preacher when they should have been trusting in the word of God. Amen. And that's one thing I can tell you about the church of Christ here. We want you to read for yourself. Amen. That's why I said you can ask questions here. And if we don't give you a book, chapter, and verse answer, shame on us. Amen. We need to get better. And I will tell you, don't accept nothing less than a book, chapter, and verse answer. Amen. Because that's what you are deserving to receive. If we're going to teach it, we should be able to apply what 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, prove all things. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Man can be deceived and man will deceive you in religion also. Acts 26 and 9, listen to what Paul said. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus. Prior to Paul being converted, he was Saul. And Saul set out reaping slaughter upon any Christian, anyone that was of the way, that believed in Christ and his way, in opposition to Judaism. Paul, Saul said, hey, I'm going to get you, I'm going to lock you up, put you to death, whatever. He wanted to do away with But then after he had that encounter and he was converted, his name was changed. Now, you hear Paul saying, I verily thought with myself. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Paul said, I had, a, I had an agenda. But it was completely contrary to what the will of the Lord was. Amen. You don't need to be slapped blind and knocked down from a horse to understand. You just need to have an honest heart to believe the Bible. 
Don't, don't even leave here today saying, well, I believe what that man said. No, 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 no. Why do you think these scriptures are up here? For you to read for yourself. I hope and pray you will say, I believe the word of God is true. And if it commands me to surrender my will and be baptized for the remission of my sins, I pray that you will do it. Because it is the Bible, right? 1 John 4 and 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. I tell you, you don't have to be argumentative. The Bible charges us not to believe everything somebody brings to you. Amen. Put it to the test. Amen. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That was a man out in Waco a long time ago. He said he was the Christ. Right? But the sad thing is people believed it. That was a man named Jim Jones a long time ago. Said he was the Christ. And people followed him to Johannesburg, right? And lost their lives. You don't believe everything everybody brings to you. You, you can listen and then you go to the Bible and say, that is not what the Bible says. Now, if it's not what the Bible says, you need to leave them alone. It's just that simple. You walk away. You leave it alone. I don't know why people feel, well, I got to argue. No, 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 no. There's nothing to argue about. They've already revealed to you that they are not of the truth. Because if they were of the truth, what they are saying and what they are upholding would be found in the word of God. What did Jesus say about the truth in John 8? And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. But there are false prophets that are going out into the world. There are false preachers. There are men get up, oh, dress way nicer than me and more eloquent in their speech and woo, uh, uh, cuff links glittering and looking all good and they can even sing, man. They can get you in the mood. And they can work and everything and they'll lead you straight to hell. Don't, don't, get so, don't get so caught up in that preaching. You need to listen to what he's teaching. And you need to have your Bible open, following along to make sure that what he is saying is the truth. Is that all right? Proverbs 14 and 12, I mentioned that. No, Matthew 7, 15. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are raving wolves. Mm. Look good. Can croon. Can sing. Mm. <laughs> and then you get to rocking and you get to moving and oh man get you stirred up and everything and get you all emotionally involved and everything it's this devil and she called Doing things within the congregation that ought not to be done. Amen. Taking advantage of women in the church. Amen. Doing all kind of things that you just wouldn't ever imagine in the name of religion. Amen. 
They're wolves in sheep clothing. You might know something. You might be sitting there saying, you might be one up there. Well, you know what? It's one way to find out. <laughs> Follow along with what I'm teaching. Follow along with what I'm teaching. I understand being up here, being a preacher, being an elder, everything. Hey, I have to live an open life. Amen. And I challenge you. Check it out. I'm not bragging or boasting. I'm just simply saying, if you're going to serve God, you need to live right to do it. Amen. And not hide behind a title justifying the wrong that you're doing. Amen. Proverbs 14 and 12. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You can't, you can't, you can't trust yourself. If you don't know what the Bible says. I remember growing up a teenage boy. Used to flirt with girls all the time. Used to tell girl, girl, I'm going to marry you. You're going to be my wife. And boy, later on in life, I said, thank God for unanswered prayer. <laughs> and she probably thanked God too. Because you know what? Sometimes you think you know what's best for you. And you don't. Because you can be fooled by your feelings. And your feelings can leave you feeling like a fool. So you need to be careful. Don't lean to your own understanding. What is God's will for you? And you need to trust God and make a note that young folks, did y'all hear me? Because huh? some of you staying up all night. Falling asleep on the phone. Amen. Oh, I know you do. I did it growing up. Ain't nothing new under the sun. I used to see in, in our house, it was only one phone. You used to sneak and get it and pull the cup over your head and talking to that girl you said, okay, I'm getting ready to go. Well, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. Well, I'm not going to hang up. I'm not going to hang up either. Next thing you know, both of you. <laughs> Next thing you know, phone. Now you're in trouble because your parents here. But see, y'all today ain't got to worry about that. Y'all got the phones in your bed. Don't be, don't be deceived by your feelings. Because feelings can trick you. That's another lesson. Do you have the Lord's word for everything you practice in religion? If not, something is seriously wrong. You need to stop. You need to investigate. You need to check this thing out. Matthew 7 and 21. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Everybody not going to go just because you're hollering, Lord, Lord. Everybody's not going to go just because you've done some things that you feel and you thought were right and good in God's sight. Amen. Bible said, many will say unto me, haven't I done this? Cast out devils in thy name. Done many wonderful works in thy name. Haven't I done all these works? But Jesus said, and I will confess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work in me. 
But I felt it was a good work. But your feelings don't have anything to do with what God says. Amen. Check it out, folks. Investigate. Whatever it is you're practicing, make sure it is in alignment with what the Word of God says. That's what we're saying today. Because there are many who may be sitting here today who say, I'm saved. I'm saved. But where in the Bible can you show me that you are saved? Let me move on. The name you wear, can you prove it in the Bible? Acts eleven twenty six. 26, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled together, talking about Paul and Barnabas in his conversion. Now, that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called what? Christians. Were called what? Christians. Methodists. Christians. And the disciples were called what? Christians. Jehovah's Witnesses. Right? The Bible saying the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, folks say, well, I'm a Christian Baptist. I'm a Christian Methodist. Why do you need to be anything other than a Christian? See, when you add on that other name, you're adding on an additional doctrine. If there's only one faith, if there's only one doctrine that has been presented and given unto us, why is there a need for anything additional? What is a man in his own religion going to add to God's word to enhance it and make it better? What did God forget to tell us in his 66 books? What, what did God forget? All scriptures given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for reproof, for, 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 for teaching, for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, right? That the man of God may be what? Everything we need to know to please God religiously. He has given it unto us. Amen. Why do I need to add another name behind Christian? And that, even that case, why do I need to put anything before it? Why can't I just be a disciple of Christ? A Christian. That's what a Christian is. A disciple of Christ. Why can't I just be a Christian? When, when I have to add Methodists onto it, I'm following a doctrine that this man who founded the Methodist church has added. If I got to add Baptist to it, I'm adding to the truth what this man, the founder of the Baptist religion, has, is adding. Isn't the word of God enough? 1 Peter 4.16 Yet if any man suffer as a what? As a what? Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Folks, Christian is all right. Christian is all right. What's wrong with just being a Christian? You got Christ in it, right? Isn't that what we're striving for? To be like Christ? Well, why do I need to add another name? I'm just asking you to investigate. Items of worship. What are you doing in your worship? Can you prove it by the Bible why you're doing what you're doing? 
The Bible, New Testament, worship, singing. It involves singing, praying, preaching, giving of your means, the Lord's Supper, every first day of the week. Not just one Sunday out of the month. Why is it the Bible would instruct for us to do this in remembrance of Jesus upon the first day of the week? Right? Acts 27. Upon the first day of the week, we have a reference that, hey, this was done on Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week, right? Who came along and said one Sunday out of the month? 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and following, when Paul said, For I have received of the Lord, that which I also deliver unto you. It happens the first day of the week. So how can it be right with God if God's word say every first day of the week, which is Sunday, and man come along and say, well, we only need to do it once a month. Is that correct? Is it in a way possible that could be okay with God? God gave his best. And his best came and established his church. Amen. How can you come and overrule and change what God's best did? And it was God the Father who said, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am. Well, please, hear ye him. So why won't you take it every Sunday? If your job say, Come by, pick up your check, first day of the week. You ain't showing up Saturday. You ain't showing up Monday. You come at Sunday. Let me ask you, let me show you something. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. The same scriptures that upon the first day of the week, it talks about giving. Lay by in store to give, right? Upon what? The first day of the week. How can the first day of the week be different? These, these religions take your money every Sunday. <laughs> Why don't they just take your money once a month? I'm asking you, it's right there in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Read it. It said, upon the first day of the week. Right? Acts 27, upon the first day of the week. Right? How can one be once a month and the other one every Sunday? Because man is more interested in the money than the Lord. Wow. You sit there today and say, well, I don't have anything to do with that. The brothers, the, the deacon boy, they oversee that. You have everything in the world to do with it. Because ain't nobody making you go there and do what is wrong. Amen. You have a free will to say, I have learned the truth. That's why the Bible said 1 Thessalonians 5, 22. Don't take part in any man's evil doing. If you know it's wrong, don't continue doing it. Many of us have children. Our children grow up. If there are some children that we know just don't mean good for nothing, what do we tell our children? Stay away from them. Stay away from them. Why? Because they're going to get you in trouble. They'll get you hurt. They might get you killed. Well, let me tell you, the Bible says evil communications corrupt good morals. Why should you continue following a religion that you know is willingly doing wrong 
And you think God is just going to say, yeah, you're right. You ain't have nothing to do with it. You could stop going there. And you could, go, you could find a place that is teaching you the truth. And God will be pleased. And you could be pleased. You can have peace of mind. Let me hurry up. John 4, 24. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and truth. What is truth? That word is truth. So whatever I do in worship, it has to be found in accordance to what the word of God says. Amen. I mentioned about women preachers. I know in our society today, folks get mad when you say, women ain't got no business up there preaching. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible says a woman should not have, should not usurp authority over a man. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians 5, I'm going to show you how, how, how wise God is. Ephesians 5, and they ain't going to preach no lesson on marriage. But the Bible says, Ephesians 5, 22, 23, follow, that the wife should submit unto her own husband in everything. She should submit to her own husband. How is it she's supposed to submit unto her own husband, but get up in the pulpit and have dominion over somebody else's? Matter of fact, Paul said, what in 1 Timothy 3? Talks about, I suffer not a woman. He suffered not a woman. Paul spoke by permission of who? God, right? Suffer not a woman. Teach, preach. Have rule, authority over a man. Amen. Talking about in the assembly. Amen. That's not the place for a woman. That ain't, that ain't something Barry made just making up. Open the Bible and read for yourself. Amen. You won't find anywhere where God ever authorized a woman to preach. Mary, Mary Magdalene, she, she, she went back and preached after she saw Jesus had risen from the dead. Mary Magdalene just ran back and told what she saw. Amen. So you're telling me every time somebody come and tell you something, they'll preach. <laughs> somebody call you on the phone. Child, let me tell you this. Preach, girl, preach. <laughs> no, we know better than that. But it boils down to truth. Do you love truth? See, that's the question I, I need for you to answer today. Do you love truth? Because to love God is to love truth. But to disobey and to reject the truth, you can't love God. And you can't be saved. The religion, church, you are a member. Can you read of it in the Bible? Romans 16, 16 says, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Those that follow the doctrine of Christ. That's what the Lord is concerned about. Everything that we do is outlined in accordance to what he said to be done in his church. He's the builder. He's the savior of it. He died for it. He purchased it with his blood. So who would know better what goes on in his church than him? That's why we need to make sure the Bible substantiates what we practice. Instrumental music. Oh, that's another sore spot with people. Well, how can you get your praise on and you ain't got no music? 
I think we got our praise on real good this morning. Amen. With the fruit of our lips, as the Bible teaches. Amen. Ephesians 5, 19, sing. Make a melody in your heart unto the Lord. Mm. See, a lot of times religions have turned into competition. Mm. Service, worship services have turned into entertainment. How good somebody sounds. How well somebody performs. No, no, no. You missed it. Everything about worship is about God. Amen. You can sit here and say, I can't sing, I can't carry a note in a bucket. But you know what? God just wants the praise. <laughs> he ain't asking you to impress somebody next to you or down from you. Amen. Your singing, your worship, your adoration is to Him. Amen. So when you bring the bands in, your focus ain't on God anymore. Your focus is on Girl, we got our praise on the day. We threw down the day. My question, what did you learn? Now you left with a good feeling. You, you, can, you, can, you can remember them turning that old Jane Brown song into a church song. You can remember them turning, turning this, this rap song from Drake into a church song. You can remember all that stuff. What did you learn? How did you glorify God today in accordance to what the word of God says? That's the question. Does the scriptures substantiate what you're practicing? John 4, 23. But thou cometh, but now is, when the true worshipers, true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. So my question, is God seeking you? Or are you just offering him whatever you want to? I mean, you can, you can offer him whatever you want, but he has the right to reject it. Amen. Remember Cain and Abel? They were given the same instructions. Cain did what he wanted to do. No. Got mad? Cain killed his brother Abel. God asked him, why has your countenance fallen? Why have you done this? Cain got an attitude. God asked, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Cain was given the same instructions on what to offer. All of us are being given the same instructions on how we are to worship. Amen. But some may choose to say, I don't care what he said. I know in my heart, you know, folks talk about, I know in my heart. Ain't no need to beat your chest. This is what God is interested in. Amen. This is the heart God is interested in. Because from this is what's going to determine what you do. Because as a man thinking, that's who you are. And if you got the wrong thing in you, you're going to do the wrong things. Coming to a close. What about the teaching or doctrine on what one must do to be saved? In the Bible, Acts 2.38, we have an example. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Prior to these verses, Peter preached the first gospel sermon. This was on the day of Pentecost. And he preached unto those Jews, telling them, You crucified the Son of God. You put to death the Son of God. 
innocent blood. A man approved by God. And after he finished preaching in verse 37 of Acts 2, they recognized they were in a bad situation. And they asked Peter and the other apostles, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? How do I get out of this mess? I don't want God to be holding me accountable for murdering his son. Peter gave the answer in verse 38. Repent. Change. Turn away. Repent and be baptized. Now, preachers say today, baptism is an outward sign of an inward grace to show your affiliation with other believers. That sounds good, but it ain't no way in the Bible. Amen. So how can it be of God if it ain't in the Word of God? Amen. People say, well, I got saved first, then got baptized. That's not in the Bible. Amen. The instructions here say, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his baptism comes before the remission of sin. Amen. So you can't get saved and then make a decision whether or not you want to be baptized. Because baptism is the process to get rid of your sin. Amen. Amen. I don't care what you say. I've been baptized. And I asked the question, were you of the belief you were saved before the baptism? Yeah, I was saved as soon as I confessed his name. That ain't what the Bible says. I, I, I just stay right here at Acts 2.38. The remission of sin comes after baptism. Yes, you have to confess. But the remission of sins come after baptism. 1 Peter 3.21 The life figure where the baptism does also now save us. Not to put in the way of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience unto God. How do you get a good conscience toward God? By being obedient. By doing what He said. How can your child, how can your child please you and make you a proud parent? By being obedient. Mm -hmm. By doing what you tell them to do right. And you're happy as you could be. Am I right? Mm -hmm. How can they disappoint you? Mm -hmm. By being a knucklehead. Same way with God. How do I have a good conscience toward God? By being obedient. Lord, I've done what you commanded. There's no other way of having a good conscience toward God other than being obedient. Don't sit here and allow the devil to steal you from what I'm saying. Folks, you're going to die one day. You're going to die one day. And don't be foolish and saying, well, I'm just going to trust God to do what he's going to do. Let me tell you, he will do what he's going to do. Amen. He will. <laughs> he will do it. But you might not like the results. Because the Bible says 2 Thessalonians 1, Jesus is going to come back with his angels, flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. They shall be punished forever from the presence of God. So in other words, don't leave, don't make that statement. Talk about, I'm just going to trust God to do what he got. He's going to do it. Because he gave you time to come to the truth. 
Then they that gladly received this word were baptized. In the same day, there were added unto them, talking about the church back in the first century, about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship and in breaking the bread and prayers. 3,000 folks heard the truth. And they made up in their mind, I'm going to do what the Bible said. I'm going to do what Peter said. 3,000. Same day, folks. And some of us don't want to hang around for one baptism. 3,000. That's important. These people recognize if I don't do it, I'm going to be charged with the guilt of what happened to Jesus. Same principle today. If I don't obey God's commandment, I'm going to be charged with the guilt. I'm not going to be able to acknowledge and say to God, I appreciate you giving your best. Because if you appreciate God giving His best, you would obey what the best commands you to do. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Who has all power and authority in heaven and earth? Jesus. Matthew 28, 18. Who did God say to listen to? Jesus, right? His only begotten Son, right? Well, how can you please God by not listening to the Son? Deception is everywhere around us. In our elections, phone scams, in our government, our schools, phone calls, Craigslist, police department, and even in the name of religion. Don't be deceived. Be sure you are a member of the church. You read of and the Bible. Amen. You know why we encourage and we invited and wanted you to come today? To hear the truth. Amen. No entertainment. The truth. You know why the truth is so important to us? Because Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. The truth will lead you into the proper relationship with God. A lot of other places are not going to tell you and teach what I taught this morning. Amen. But we love you enough to teach it. So that you can be saved. Amen. And I hope and pray you will take heed. If you cannot recommend your religion according to the Bible, then you have the wrong religion. Amen. You got the wrong religion if you can't go to the Bible. And you need to make a decision. Matthew 15 and 9, I referred to earlier, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father had not planted shall be what? Rooted up. In other words, God said, I ain't got no, I ain't got no dealings with that. Because you can't find it in my word. Amen. Well, if you can't find it in the word, why do you need it? Can you recommend your religion by the life you live? If one's religion doesn't change you, you need to change your religion. Amen. When you've been with Jesus, it'll change you. Amen. You should know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Folks, let me tell you. The truth will change you. Amen. I, I don't have time to finish this up, but let me tell you something. 
The truth will change it. You need to understand. It's the truth that will make you free today. I'm not up here to make fun of what you've been taught. What you believe. I'm just simply up here to try to impart the truth unto you. To help you realize you need a Savior. We all need a Savior. But you just can't give. You just can't live any kind of way you want to. And offer to God whatever you want to offer unto Him. And think God is going to be okay. Ask Nadab in the Bible. God smoked them. God told them, they, they understood what God wanted, but they just offered God what they wanted. And they lost their lives because of that. Amen. You don't want that relationship with God. Why don't you just obey and do what God commands? And you expect me to just up and leave the church where I've been? I expect you to love God Amen. enough to say I'm going to go where the truth is. Amen. I, I expect you, what well, not I. God expects you to not take part in anybody else evil doings. That you will love him and appreciate him enough to say, we're not abiding in the truth. God expects you to follow the truth. Amen. Because he gave his How can you say I love God, but you won't do what he commands you to do. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Paul said, come ye out from among them and be ye separate. The Bible is right. You don't believe me? Keep reading. Keep studying. Ask questions after service. And every question pertaining to a biblical question we're going to give you a biblical answer. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to be saved today? Are you ready to put Christ on in baptism? What? Today? Where I go to church, it's, it's a certain Sunday. you got to have so many. No, no, no. The Bible says the day you hear His voice, harden out your heart. You know what? You know why we can't wait another day? Because you ain't promised another day. Amen. These folks put you in limbo talking about we got to wait a couple of Sundays. What if you die? Well, I died hoping to get baptized. That ain't what the Bible says that you'll be saved by. The Bible says you're not saved by a hoping and you know, hoping doing something. It says you're saved by executing and doing it. That's why the day you hear his voice, harden out your heart. As they did in the day of provocation. Guess what? They tempted God, they murmured and all this stuff, and God got mad at them. I believe, I believe I brought to you the word of God today. Amen. Book, chapter, and verse. If that's not enough to move you to get saved, I would like for you to tell me what it is you're looking for. In the word of God. To bring you. To salvation. You can't be saved outside of baptism. You're not saved before baptism. So you need to think about that. You can't get saved on the mourner's bench by just crying out, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You weren't saved by some calm feeling that came over you one night. 
had storms in your life and, and, and this peace just came over me. You know, sometimes that's an indication for an early stroke. I'm not being funny. Folks said, all of a sudden this peace just came over me. That ain't what the Bible teaches. Acts 2 38 said, repent and be baptized. I don't know. In the middle of the night, I saw his light. I don't know where the light came from. But the Bible don't talk about no light regarding you being saved. I said you need to stick with what the Bible says. And lead the secret things under God if they are of God. Amen. Will you come today? I thank you for coming out today. I hope and pray you'll hang around and join us in fellowship in the meal, the dinner, next door. I hope you'll care enough about your soul and what has been preached that you'll stay around and ask questions. As long as you keep asking, we'll keep answering. Because we care about your soul that much. Will you honor us with that? But right now, will you honor God by giving your life to Him? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You have to recognize your condition right now is you're separated from God. But God has spared you that you don't have to remain separated. You could come unto Him today. Hearing what you've heard, believing, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ to be the Son of the living God, being baptized today for the remission of your sin, and you will be saved. According to what the Bible says. Amen. Not what you think. You got baptized when you were a child because it pleased grandma, mama. That ain't in the Bible. You need to be baptized and obey the gospel to have remission of your sins. What sins did you have as that little girl? What sins did you have as that little boy? can't be saved if you don't know what you were saved for. You have to have an understanding. So you can strike that out. You may have had good intentions to please mama or grandmama, but it ain't about mama or grandma. It's about God. Amen? Amen. Will you come today? The clothes are ready. The water is, oh, it's warm. It's warm. And we ain't drowned nobody since we've been doing it. <laughs> and you won't be the first today. But we pray that your heart will be honest. And that you will truly mean when you say I love God that you will do what He said. What's our song, Adore? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Will you come? If you want to come, we ask that you come forward, sit on the front row, and we'll follow, we'll lead you from that point. Let us together stand and sing.